how do we navigate things like cultural trends, current world events, and disagreement in church? Honest Conversations is a deeper dive into some of your important questions that we don't always have time to cover in a Sunday morning service. Ready to dive in? Let's join Andrew and Brooke for today's Honest Conversation. Why do we do what we do at Antioch Indy? Uh, Andrew, we start church pretty differently, I would imagine, than most, at least Mm -hmm. the ones that I've been to. Uh, We include Selah, some creeds, Mm -hmm. and communion. Um, Talk us through why we do what we do. Yeah, Uh, that's a great question. So um, we start service with... Well, the goal in starting service... As that we've talked about as pastors and stuff leading the church is like, how do we properly lead ourselves and our church in this whole like, okay, I'm at church now, you know, because <laughs> like usually Sunday morning is kind of crazy. You're coming from your week, all that sort of thing. And in leading Sunday services for the last whatever, nine years, and then being at church a lot, it, I know it's kind of a church conversation. It's like, how do we start church the best, you know, how do we, what are we going for and all that? So as we've talked about it, what, what we're aiming for is a, is to help all of us shift to like, okay, I'm, I'm at church. God's here. I'm here. Other people are here. The kids were crazy this morning. Life was crazy, you know, but just like, okay, I got to shift the, the mind space and the heart space to like, this isn't just another thing. I'm at church now. Mm. And so that's a good shift to make, but then, well, what does it mean that I'm at church now? <laughs> it means I'm I'm attentive to God. I'm here for God. I'm here to learn. I'm here to be shaped. You know, so that's what we're aiming for. And we've tried, we've done different things over the years. Um, where Selah came from, which is kind of like our quiet, silent, well, not quiet, silent time before communion, was at the beginning of twenty. Uh, Heading into 2021, there was a, a shift in conviction for us that the Lord led us in about communion specifically first, which like we didn't take communion very often and it wasn't really like top of mind most of the time. Uh, but through, through a handful of different things, we were just like, wow, we need to take communion more and like there's no reason not to take communion every week as we gather so we started doing it at the beginning of service it was the first thing that we did and it was it was great it was like a good step forward but honestly it got to the point where people were still coming in and talking while the pastors or elders were leading it and it just like it started off as like oh this is new and like you were attentive to it because it was new but then it became normal you know and it just kind of lost its significance and reverence in practice. And that was like, okay, well, it's not really what this is supposed to be. So what can we do to help stay more focused? And then this year, um, ended in January, kind of the Lord's been speaking to us, this whole, bring me another jar word this year, like create empty space in your life for God to fill. And we had talked about Sabbath, um, one week and stopping and just slowing life down to make space for God. And so kind of the idea came to do sale like we did. We kicked it around for a little bit to say like, well, what, how, how can we, how can we step into what church is, what communion is? Um, how can we do that 
more like fully kind of, and, and how do we disciple, how can we use this as a moment to disciple our church that like, um, this coming to church shouldn't feel like anywhere else you were this week. And cause it's not just like anywhere else you were this week, this is different and this is significant and this matters. So, you know, what else in your life do you stop and be silent for three minutes before you do it to prepare your entire self to engage? And that's right to do that for communion. And it's, it just taps into, I mean, really, it's just a spiritual practice that's been around for forever. Like stop for a second, slow down and think about God. You know, it's not some silver, you know, it's not some magic pill we like created. It's like, wait, people have been doing this for like thousands of years. Maybe we should just go back to that. And um, yeah, so that's kind of been what we're going for. And then you mentioned the creeds. So after we take communion, we do like a corporate confession of some sort, be it a prayer that I had written years ago, the Lord's prayer, one of the creeds. And that's again, just a, a unifying confession for us to do together. It's like, okay, like I'm at church. That's kind of what happens first. And then I'm preparing my heart to meet with the living God. And now I'm partaking of his body and his blood. So I'm, I'm here for him. And then in the confessions and the creed, it's like, and we are all here together for this thing that we're confessing. Okay. Now let's go say hi to each other and then we can worship because mm. <laughs> like we're kind of ready. Okay. So for those of us who are not familiar with liturgy, mm-hmm. um, what is liturgy? Is Selah part of that? When you say that we've been doing it for hundreds of years, do you mean being quiet? Mm-hmm. What, what exactly is it for those of us who are like, wait, this is the first time I've even heard this term? Yeah. The term Selah or yeah. liturgy or uh, both? Well, both, really. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Lit- um, so liturgy, all, all liturgy means is like a formula of worship. So generally when people use it, we, we say, we'll say liturgical churches are more like the high church type of liturgy. So like, uh, we'll just go, like, go to one extreme, kind of the Latin mass of Catholicism is like liturgical. It's the same. There's... It's, it is what, it, you know, it, that's what people mean when they say liturgy, but really the word just means like we, we've always had liturgy. There's always been a plan. <laughs> There's always been a rhythm. We've done like welcome, worship, preach, respond, you know, that that's been our liturgy. So all that to say in kind of the Protestant church, especially the charismatic Pentecostal streams, liturgy seems foreign, even though, even though really everybody does have liturgy, it's more just what is, what's, we just call them service plans, not liturgy, you know? (laughs) So Selah, um, yeah, it's, it is old in the sense that, well, it's in the Bible, it's in Psalms, this idea of like, it it is a word that we're not like a hundred percent sure exactly what it means in the old ancient Hebrew, but it's, it, seems to be pretty clear. It's something along the lines of like, stop and think about what God's saying and what God's doing. Just, just stop the noise, stop for a second and pause. And, you know, so things like you could say devotional time, quiet time, solitude, all of those things have been around for a long, long time. We just are integrating it into our corporate gathering as a, as a hard stop and transition point. So it seems like this is really about our perspective and and shaping our perspective, readying our hearts mm-hmm. to hear um, from the Lord. We also close the doors, mm, yeah. <laughs> and because we want this to truly be a time where you can focus and and quiet yourself. Um, 
have you had any feedback about people? I, I know one time we were running real close and it was like a 10 second cutoff and yeah. we were stuck in the lobby for Selah and it's not a good feeling. <laughs> you want to be in there. Totally. Um, but talk about that just for people who are curious. Why do you, yeah. why do you close the doors for that time? Right. Yeah. It's like, you're not allowed in here right you now. You are not. <laughs> no Selah for you. Totally. Totally. <laughs> well, uh, there's two reasons for that. One of the reasons is just purely practical. It's it's just it's not going to be quiet if people keep coming in and sitting down, even if they're trying to be quiet. It's just not. If if you want it to be silent and still, you can't have people coming in. So it's like, well, we're either aiming for this to be what we're saying it is, or it's not going to work. You know. Yeah. So it's like that's the practical reason. Um, th- something that sort of flows from that. That's not necessarily a goal, but it it is a result. Is that it does make it feel like something when you're late to church. And mm. in that sense, that's that's not on purpose, but it's also maybe necessarily not not on purpose. We are on time to most other things in our lives, except church. Like it's really normal to be late for church and have it be no big deal. Cause it's like, oh no, it's so it's so it's fine. Like we're just glad you're here. And it's like, yeah, we are just glad you're here, but also like, we're not here for you. We're here for God. So like, we're going to get started when we said we're going to get started and you're welcome to come, but like, we're not going to schedule around your, your schedule. Mm -hmm. And that's not like, I'm not saying that in the sense of like, you're in trouble now. It's just like, that's why you're, it's not like you can't come into church at all. It's just, you can't come in during these three minutes where it's quiet. And then we open the doors and everybody comes in and gets their seat. Um, and it's been really fruitful. And I've talked to, I've talked to way more people who talk about the emphasis it's put in their own hearts and minds on not just being at church, but being on time for church. And it does flow. It, it takes me, it, it's another way that it takes me out of the center of church. Even kids check in. Like ever since we started say like kids check in is way more calm and it just goes better for everybody. So not everybody's stressed out. Our A kids team isn't stressed out and slammed trying to ram everybody through it because everybody showed up two minutes before church and at the same time. And it's like, you know, it's good for us to, it, it's a way of thinking about each other and being like, oh yeah, like church doesn't run on my schedule. I'm showing up to a thing. So I'm going to like be on time. And now I have a few minutes to hang out with some people and things are just calmer Mm. right now. And I'm like, I'm here and now we're going to be quiet. And it's just been so interesting to see how abrasive inserting silence is into your life. It snowballs in a lot of different directions. And you're like, wow, there's a lot of like, noise and hurry and stuff that I wasn't even aware of until I had to be quiet and sit down for a second. And that's just like good to know. Yeah. You said something just a a second ago that struck me and you said, this isn't about us, which we all say we know Yeah. until we really start dissecting our time and our days and our decisions. Mm What do you say to people, you know, especially with the high church liturgy, who say, man, this feels really exclusive because somebody who isn't familiar with these practices, even somebody coming mm-hmm. to Antioch Indy um, who isn't familiar with Selah or the creeds or communion, how do you respond to that 
comment that, man, this, this feels a little exclusive to, for people who don't know what we're doing. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's one of the reasons we're talking about it right now is so that there's like vision and explanation that we can point anybody to at any time. We've given vision for why we do what we do. And it's, it's all discipleship. It's like, well, yeah, we're, it's not comfortable for any of us, but we're all choosing to set ourselves towards God during these 90 minutes that we're getting together with all these other people to worship the Lord and receive from the word and take communion together. So it, it's like, you know, we all have something to learn and we're not doing it like the right way. Like we, we may not do Selah at some point we may stop it. It's like, that's not, we're not saying like, this is the way we do it because it's the right way and it's the way everyone should do it. And everybody who doesn't is wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that at all. It's like, we're just trying to follow God season to season on how do we disciple our church and ourselves and and follow him and all of that. So everyone's welcome, but there, there just has to be structure at some point. And like I said, it's like, well, I'm not trying to make you feel bad for being late. That has nothing to do with it. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not, we're not going to open the doors just for you to come in while everyone else is trying to be quiet. Like it's no big deal. We'll wait. That's why we do, we have it kind of the, um, it's all like put on the TV and the speakers and we've got communion out there. It's like, please still participate. But you know, at some point there has to be boundaries on stuff. So that's kind of some of the practice, but then like communion is exclusive. The Bible says it is. It's like, if you're not a believer, don't do this. Yeah. So cut and dry. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, well, that is what it is. And that makes tons of sense. So if, if you have questions about that, that's actually great. Let's talk about that. Yeah. And, and frankly, that there's, these things have happened where because of these rhythms, all of us, but, but people are faced with these things right off the bat. And it's like, everything is actually genuinely structured around like, this is not normal. Yeah. This is not like anywhere else you were. This is not about you primarily. This is about God. And so that should feel like something Mm. for all of us. That's really good because there has been a a trend for lack of a better word, the past 10, 15 years, maybe even longer of kind of uh, Christians, evangelical Christians having this hunger and desire for more of a liturgical experience at church. Mm-hmm. Um, and partly because for the last 20, 30 years, the church has really moved toward um, catering toward non-believers and, and making the experience feel very comfortable, very welcoming. Do you think that the pendulum is kind of shifting back now a little bit? Yeah. I think that um, we talked about this in one of the previous episodes. Like This is why we're so adamant about saying all the time that Jesus is the target audience of our church, because it's it's easy to make people the target audience, believers or non-believers, just people. And then everything becomes about people. And then you're building an event or not you. I know that I can go down the slippery slope of managing a weekly event that people like. And then we use some God to make it good and call it church. And that is a slippery slope. And again, that's not saying like, if you don't do Sela, you're just a people pleaser. It's not, it's like, don't be weird. You know, (laughs) it's it's like, don't make me say things I'm not saying anybody, but all I'm saying is like that. I know that that's true for, for me and for us in leadership. It's like, yeah, hundred percent. That's a slippery slope we can go down. Um, but 
the, the hunger, the hunger is that people want God and like, he doesn't play second fiddle. Mm. And so like, he's not just like desperate boyfriend. Who's like, yeah, just, even if you're just here for me a little bit, like, that's just all I really want. Wow. It's just not like, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> you know, that idea isn't. He wants us. And that's why we're coming to church is to lift up his name and that he is the desire of our souls and of everybody's soul. So the reason why some of this older school stuff is helpful is because it, it, it's, there, there's grounding in it, there's history in it, and it's, it is helpful. And, and the world's just so chaotic and our lives are so chaotic that like being silent or, or Selah isn't, you know, isn't powerful for people. I mean, the, everybody, it's, I feel like probably everyone in our church has come up to me at one point or another and been like, this is amazing. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I know it's, it gets me every time, like, yeah. holy smokes. And all we're doing is, is yeah. being still. Exactly. It's like, we didn't do anything special. Yeah. We just like stopped for a second. Yeah. And, and then God fills that and, and meets with us there. And, and we, we get oriented on God because everything else stopped. And it's like, Okay, I'm not just saying I'm here for God. I'm like I'm like slamming on the brakes and having a physical encounter with stopping to be like, okay, church, God, everything, (laughs) you know. So that those things can be helpful. None of them are like the key. He is the key, but we need we need things to help us get there. And hopefully we can take these practices into our personal lives, right? Throughout right. the week too. Um, it kind of gives us that that ignition switch to be like, oh, mm-hmm. I can I can implement this in my daily life. Uh, coming up mm-hmm. next week, we're going to be talking about how to take Selah mm-hmm. into our personal life through Sabbath awesome. and through rest. What is it? How do we do it? What does God say about it? So we hope you join us next week. Thanks, awesome. Andrew. Thanks.